0: Welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of fresh fruit and vegetable conversations with me, Chris White. Every week, I talk down the line from my studio here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face in business today. These 15 minute conversations twice every week give you some really good insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. And since our launch only a few weeks ago, We've had loads of interest, now more than 2,000 listens, by people in the business who've tuned into Fruitbox. It shows the real interest there is out there for great insight and new ideas. And that's what I want these twice weekly conversations to be all about. Today on Fruitbox, I want to talk about some of the biggest challenges in the global business today from the perspective of the United States. How does a US-based business see the world of fresh produce? And how might things change in future? Joining me down the line to talk about all of this today is Craig Storfer. He's chief executive of Vanguard International, a $250 million fresh produce business headquartered in Seattle in Washington State on the west coast of the U.S. with operations in the USA, Peru, Chile, Asia, and South Africa. And it's from Washington State uh, where Craig joins me today. Hi, Craig. Welcome to Fruitbox.
1: Hi, Chris. Great to be with you and thanks for having me on Fruitbox today.
0: Craig, you put out a release uh, very recently and spoke very interestingly about how your business is confronted by the current coronavirus crisis that's affecting every market in the world, including the United States, which is where you live and work. I I guess your message uh, in summary was, you know, don't panic, we'll get through this. Now, I know the large majority of your business at Vanguard is generated outside the U.S., growing grapes on your farms in Ica, Peru, and procuring fruit for customers in Asia and Europe in particular. But I'd like you to comment on the impact of this crisis on the U.S. market. After all, what happens in the U.S. has a huge impact on the rest of the world, doesn't it?
1: Quite right, Chris. Um, The six degrees of separation in any other context Shrinks to only two when talking about the world of fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, we're we're blessed here in the United States w- with a a large domestic market that is for the most part financially stable, but that does not mean that our American producers do not rely heavily on exports to move their crops at prices that are sustainable to to grow and and improve their farms. So The big shifts in the U.S. are like what we see elsewhere. With restaurants closed for dining-in business and more people working from home, the demand from the food service sector has dropped significantly. That's been matched by some interesting behavior by consumers on the retail side. The initial stock up or binge buying was noticeable uh, with less perishable items, particularly Apples, oranges, potatoes, bananas, and so on. And that's leveling off now as the supply chain has responded, and there are not a lot of empty shells. And there has been quite a revival of the home delivery segment. I know we've been using it ourselves here at my home, such as Hello Fresh, Sunbasket, and Blue Apron. And there are many, many more of them. Consumption of fresh fruits and vegetables has grown albeit from a rather low bar, but it's a welcome and positive trend. If I had to identify the single most critical impact to U.S. producers, it would be on the availability of labor. Our farmers rely on the ability to bring in seasonal workers, particularly from Mexico, to plant, harvest, and and pack their crops. Um, It was very interesting to me to read recently what has happened in New Zealand. With borders shut to their usual labor supply, this island nation appeared to be headed for a significant disaster during harvest. But local Kiwis stepped up and took on those ag jobs, with many New Zealand Kiwi and apple growers delighted to say that for the first time, almost 90% of their workforce are currently Kiwis perhaps a utopian view, but wouldn't it be wonderful if some of our American folks who sadly find themselves without work and unemployed took up the challenge to work on the farm for a season as well?
0: Mm. That's a discussion that we're having here in in the UK. In fact, it's very timely. There was a a news today of a charter flight of uh, pickers from Romania who've come to now harvest uh, salads in the eastern part of uh, the UK. And a lot of those uh, workers who've been made unemployed from their restaurant jobs and so on and so forth are being talked of as a a new team of people who can come and pick locally grown uh, fruits and vegetables. And we'll have to just see whether that actually happens because... uh, The news on that isn't terribly good, but you you talked of the changes in demand in food service and so on and so forth that are happening across the U.S. Um, And as I mentioned at the top of the program, you're now a producer in Peru and also in in Washington State, where you are today. Um, Just to look at the as it were the supplies from Latin America, and Latin America is 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 really the the key supplying region to the United States to your market. What what impact do you think this market disruption is going to have on on them? on the Latin Americans. and Are you as a business looking to secure sales for more of your own fruit in other markets? In fact, most especially, I guess, in in Asia.
1: Well, our our production in in Ica, Peru has grown from 500 hectares when we first purchased the original ranch in April of 2016 to over a thousand hectares now. And we have a state-of-the-art packing house situated next to our to our farms at NECA. We built uh, the packing house to give us maximum flexibility on the packing lines to be able to easily cater to a myriad of market and retail requirements. The the packaging requirements vary significantly from retailer to retailer, wholesale, etc. And uh, you've got to have the capability to be able to pack to meet those needs. We're very proud to say that we are now the largest supplier of a wide range of proprietary seedless grape varieties in Peru. And of course, the U.S. market will continue to be a big part of our customer portfolio going forward. However, since we purchased and have grown and replanted many of our hectares, We've been focused on also growing demand and distribution to Mexico, China, Indonesia, Hong Kong, Korea, and other Asian markets, as as well as some markets in Europe, to name just a few. The positive responses that we've received for our brands, Vanguard Fresh, Red Tiger, Golden Horse, Jade Rabbit, Silver Ox, and Pompa Fresh is a testament to how well our operations and market expansion activities are working.
0: Now, you've talked about, and I've known you for so many years and know how your business has pivoted around the Asia market. It's been the major contributor to a boom in sales for everybody over the last decade and more. It's across a very wide range of lines. You mentioned grapes, but it's cherries, berries, apples, pears, citrus, and so on. And much of that Supplier has been focused on China. Um, Now, do you think this reliance on China is sustainable, or should we all be looking more closely at new opportunities elsewhere in the world and elsewhere in Asia for that matter?
1: Well, it's a great question, Chris. Um, At Vanguard, we've been invested in China for a long time. We opened up our office in Shanghai in 2002. We have had sustained growth in both our exports. Out of China and our imports into China. Uh, We've always believed in a balanced approach. Um, With our offices in Indonesia, Taiwan, Peru, Chile, South Africa, and of course the US, we can pivot to various market shifts and, and demand changes. There will always be new opportunities. For example, We've sent a fair volume of our Peruvian grapes to Mexico this season. And our Mexican customers have done an an excellent job and are interested in what other fruits they can purchase from us from around the world. So while China is very important, we're always developing additional markets.
0: That uh, focus on Mexico there that you just mentioned, is that because you want to avoid, as it were, a market pileup in China? Or is it because you want to take advantage of the opportunities that there are in Mexico.
1: We want to avoid oversaturating every market that we work in. So the more markets that we can market, distribute, and sell our fruit to, the better off we are.
0: Mm. Now, another lesson of this current crisis is our dependence on logistics. It starts at the farm gate and it goes right to the supermarket shelf. And much of the focus in recent years has been on, as it were, vertically integrating the market to production. So it kind of almost avoids or doesn't include the logistics piece so much. Do you think there's going to be a new focus on getting this logistics piece right? And if so, then, then how do you think it's going to happen?
1: Absolutely, Chris. Um, at Vanguard, we take our tagline, produce precisely, very seriously. At any point in time... We can have 75 ships at sea and many airplanes in the air carrying our product from our production areas around the world to our customers. From day one, we have always viewed our supply chain partners as an integral part of, of our business, from truckers, steamship lines, airlines. Heck, we've even delivered by motorcycle. Um, do I think as an industry there will be a greater focus on getting the logistics piece right or, or improved? Absolutely, uh, and I'm proud to say that logistics is and always will be a c- critical component of Vanguard's offering and core strengths, and we will continue to search out the best opportunities for vertical integration as we have done with our operations in ECA, Peru.
0: There's no doubt, though, that the coronavirus crisis has in many ways shone a spotlight on some of the problems that we have in logistics. You know, too many boxes, containers in a certain part of the world, trucks that are having to go back to certain supply regions empty. It really has shown people how crucial this logistics piece is, hasn't it?
1: Absolutely. You know, so true that uh, the only constant is change, right? There is you know very likely to be accelerated growth in the e-commerce platforms as a result of the virus, for example. Mm. It's all about trust, and if consumers have been pleased with the, the quality, the freshness and the taste of what they have been purchasing online, at least some portion of that is going to, to stick and continue um, when things normalize. Mm. The, big, the big change question and is going to be whether to package or not to package. Um, In many markets, fresh and loose bulk displays are synonymous. And now we are seeing a greater movement towards packaged goods because people feel that they're safer. As we all look to find the solution to more eco-friendly packaging, supermarkets, at least here in the United States, who once banned single-use plastic bags are now insisting that we use them. Um, <laughs> home delivery went from a, from a nice offering to a must have, and retail figured it out. Yeah. So we are, we are a marvelously adaptable industry, uh, and it's frankly a real pleasure to be able to participate in bringing fresh, healthy fruits and vegetables to, to the world's tables
0: yeah that's very very true and you mentioned there about food retail and and the way in which things are changing do you think these changes are going to stick you know in food retail things were changing pretty rapidly even before this coronavirus crisis hit do you think it's going to change even faster after the coronavirus crisis kind of leaves us
1: well i think once people catch their breaths when the virus does leave us if it ever does completely leave us um Yeah, there's going to be more change. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to, you know, there's already such a focus on food safety and that's only going to continue uh, as a result of this whole situation. Um, I also, you know, as I mentioned before, I think that you you will see that e-commerce going forward will increase its, its market share uh, because people have been forced to use it while they're stuck at home right now and they've gotten used
0: to it. And they kind of don't even need to go to the store anymore. Precisely. That's very interesting. It just shows you how this crisis that we're all going through everywhere in the world really has shaken things up for everybody. And it remains to be seen where, uh, as it were, the pieces will fall. Um, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line from Seattle in the United States by Craig Storfer, Chief Executive of Vanguard International. Craig, really good to talk to you again. Thanks for your time. Keep well, stay safe.
1: Well, thank you very much, Chris, and uh, all the best to you and and everybody at Fruitbox. Please be safe and stay healthy, and uh, we'll uh, get through this crisis together as as the global team that we are, and I wish you all the best. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Craig. Just to remind you that uh, you can find today's conversation at Fruitbox and the many others I'll be having at our website, fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is now on, uh, I think, every podcast platform there is out there. Just search for the word Fruitbox. As I said at the top of the show, we're getting loads of listens since we launched in March. It shows there's real interest in the conversations that we're having here. So if you want to feature in a future episode of Fruitbox, then just get in touch with me via email. My email address is chris at fruitnet.com. And uh, don't forget to download our new mobile apps, which we're launching in April and May. They're specially designed for your mobile phone uh, and tablet by the same people behind The Economist magazine and other great titles out there. Take a look. I'm sure you'll like them. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.